Welcome to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. Teen Financial Freedom is a personal finance blog run by teens who are on a mission to equip their peers with the knowledge, resources, and understanding they need to become financially free for the rest of their lives. Welcome back, everyone, to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. Today, we've got a little bit of a different episode than you've been used to. In the recent last few weeks, we've mostly been doing, you know, just the members of TFF talking, me, Terry, Jacob, going over financial stuff, crypto markets, etc. Today, I had a really interesting talk. I sat down with a wonderful man by the name of Dustin Heiner, and we went through Gosh, we went through a lot. We talked about his real estate empire, how he has scaled his portfolio from only a couple of units to over 30 or 40 units, the way that he's built out his mastering passive income blogging site and his program for helping, I I mean, I guess just normal people or at least people with some cash to invest in high yield real estate properties. We talked about how getting laid off from his job was the catalyst for all of this change in in his life. We talked about how in the real world, there's more risk in tying yourself to just a job and not having any external assets that can provide for your daily income. So today, long story short, today was a really, really interesting episode with a lot of really awesome takeaways that I think that you guys should tune into, listen, maybe if you have the opportunity, sit down and take some notes, because I know that a lot of of you listeners are going to be young and aspiring entrepreneurs who are looking for ideas to start a business, scale a business, or even just even just get motivated. So today's episode is going to be really, really good if that's the kind of content you're looking for. And I'll hand it off to, well, myself and Dustin. The thing that kind of is different about what you would do compared to what anyone else would do is that most people would just kind of accept that and go and get another job and really, you know, suck up to the new boss, whatever, to try and prove that they, you know, are more valuable to the company, to the government, whatever. Why did you decide to try and build out assets? And what do you think, because most people would, would, like you said, would say that it's way too risky to take all your hard-earned money and invest it in a property that, that, Dustin, the house could burn down. Why would you take that risk? Like, that's how most people would respond, even to just normal stock investing. I feel like most people respond in in a similar way. So why did you think that it was more risky to stay with just a job than it was to have all of your investments? And that's a great perspective, Chase. I knew it was more risky to work for somebody else. And I, like I said, it's a just overbroke job. Like basically living just overbroke. And it's absolutely, in my opinion, so much more risky because you're not guaranteed. Your boss can literally fire you tomorrow and that money is literally gone. And when you start extrapolating it out or getting further out from there, you cannot give your job to your kids. Like you cannot do that. Now my rental properties, I can absolutely give my job to the kids. But here's the thought that came up to me was not just the risk risk as well, but I love the idea of passive income. Now, passive income was where you work one time, but you get paid over and over and over and over again. And I just thought, you know what, if I buy one rental property that makes me $250 a month, that is $3,000 extra a year in passive income. That's without working. I buy the house one time, hire the right people, property managers, everybody else to take care of the property. And I don't do a thing. So that first property that I bought, I think my first check that first month was like $317 or something like that. And I thought, oh my goodness, I don't do anything. And I'm making this money. Well, what happens if I get more? And then I knew that eventually I could get laid off again. Something bad could happen. And I, that, that would be taken away from me. So I figured it was more risky as opposed to 
when I'll quickly answer your thought of what if it burns down? I have insurance. Insurance works out really, really well. That protects me and my assets. But if I started scaling the business, buying property after property, one property making $250 a month, that's $3,000 a year in passive income. And honestly, Chase, everybody that's listening, this is probably much smarter than, than I am. I'm not that smart. I just know addition, subtraction, and a little bit of multiplication. And this is what really what it comes down to. $250 a month is $3,000 a year in passive income. Multiply it out, 10 properties is $2,500 a month in passive income. That is $30,000 a year without working. 20 properties is $5,000 a month without working. $60,000 a year. You just keep scaling it up from there. Yes, After sir. I had 30 plus properties, I realized my goodness, like I'm wasting money. Remember my value, everybody's value is so much more than anybody else can pay me. I am realized, right. even though I was making $75,000 a year working that job, that dead end job, I knew that I was losing money working there and I was risking everything on somebody else who could literally take away my ability. Now, there's so many nuances, not nuances. There, it's simple to invest in real estate, but it's not easy. That's the harder part. People start thinking, What's well, risky to do X, Y, and Z, you know, to buy a house and rent it out? It's risky. What if you buy a, a bad property? What if it burns down? What if you get calls at 2 a.m.? For some reason, they love that everybody that has a naysayer. They're 2 a.m. Their toilet leaks at 2 a.m., whatever it might be. The big thing that I do is I make sure I build the business first. And that talking about the risk tolerance for having a job versus investing, I knew that I could take care of myself so much better than anybody else could, especially when my job can literally be taken away from me. So in bringing all that up, bringing together where I work one time, like now I literally, like I quit my job when I was 37 years old and mm -hmm. four, four or five years now, I haven't worked a job and I will never need a job again. I literally go to the gym. I go on podcasts and talk to great people like you. I just have a lot of fun. And now I'm blessed to be able to teach people how to do this investing. Right. So I realized number one, I'm not getting paid for what I'm worth. Number two, it's so risky to have somebody else, their hands over your ability to provide for your family. And number three, I realized if I just keep scaling this business, buying the next property, then the next property, pretty soon I'm not going to need to work. And then, like I said, the minimum was 250. I have some properties making me five, six, $700 a month in passive income. And right. I just keep scaling from there. So that's where I realized risk of working a job is so much greater because obviously like risk is the tolerance of risk gets played out when the risk thing happens. Meaning I was risking working a job, not having anything, uh, you know, passive income assets or anything like that, but I actually got laid off. So that risk was fully realized then and there. Mm -hmm. And my rental properties, I was doing fine there. I had a, a insurance, I had property management, everything was working well. So all that combined, that's why I'm not telling, I'm telling my kids, Hey, if you want to go to college, that's great. You're smart enough to go to college. You're smart enough to pay for college. Now, if you want me as an investor, I'll invest in you. If you want to buy your first rental property, I'll give you $60,000, $70,000 as a 0% loan because you're my kid. I'm going to give mm -hmm. you that, but I'm going to help you learn how to build the business so you can have your own properties. And what's great is my kids now, my, my daughter, when she was like nine years old, she goes, dad, Daddy, I don't want to buy a car when I get 16. Obviously, she's thinking way far ahead. I don't want to buy a car when I'm 16. I want to buy a house that makes me $250 or more. Then I can use that $250 to buy a car and use that $250 to buy the car. I'm like, brilliant. Chip off the old block. I, I love it. So all that combined. For me, it's so much more risky to work for somebody else than work for myself. Right. 100%. And I, 
one of the first things I noticed when you started talking is you refer to your real estate investment portfolio, not as an investment, but as a business, which I think is an important distinction for anyone listening, because with an investment, you rely on market conditions to or market conditions and the actions of others to increase the value of your money, right? Whereas yes. with a business, it's you actively working with your employees, with yourself, with your customers to build that value. And in this situation, obviously, your employees are contractors, property managers, your customers are your renters, and your product is the house. So I just think that's a quick little important distinction to make is that Dustin's not talking about investing so much anymore. He's talking about building an actual business that is going to provide for him and his family forever, a business built out of investment assets. So you are you are so much further. I'll quickly add to it. You're so much further along than most people who try to invest in real estate or even ones that, quote unquote, teach how to invest in real estate. What, quote unquote, gurus or people that coach this or teach this, they'll tell you, you buy one property and that property is your business. No, absolutely not. Our business is our business. Our properties are our assets. That's our inventory. Let me give you an example. When I talk about building the business first, having a business. Now, remember, I've always been entrepreneurial. I've said that from the very beginning. Yes. And I came to this process. I figured out on my own that I loved business. I love having processes. I love making sure that other people, number one, would uh, do the business, you know, run my business, but then also I'm making money on top of that. So I approached this as I was building a business. Now, like I told you, what other people, when they're going to coach you how to invest in real estate, they're going to say, find a property anywhere in the country. This is the step by step. Don't do this. This is wrong. Find a property anywhere in the country. Run the numbers, which means analyze your expenses, analyze your income, make sure you're going to make a little bit of passive income. They'll say, you'll still get appreciation, which we don't for master passive income. What I do and what I teach my students, we don't invest for appreciation. This is properties we're literally going to give to our kids because we're making passive income. Getting back right. to it, they're going to say, make $100 a month in passive income, maybe $50. So you don't have to make that much. But what you then do is you find somebody to fix it up. So first you buy it, run the numbers, then you buy it. Then you get somebody to fix it up. Then you find somebody to lease the property, a tenant. Then you find somebody to manage the property. In my opinion, that's literally backwards. That's just about entirely backwards. And the reason why is because they're counting on their property to be their business. Now, this is what a, when you say, when I talk about building the business first, I harp on this. Like if there's a dead horse, I'm going to keep beating this horse. You build the business first. And this is what it looks like. If you're going to start a convenience store, you're not going to, sign a lease for a location, open the doors and put a box of candy bars in there. In fact, if you do that, you go out of business in like two seconds. What you would do instead is you would get everything in the business. You build the business first. You get the gondolas. Those are the shelving units that all the candy bars and stuff go on. Countertops, fountain machines, cold storage, bank accounts, cash registers, employees, insurance, all of that sort of stuff in your business before you buy any inventory. Once you have the business built, you buy the inventory and then you put it into your business. And that is what your business owns as inventory. Same thing with real estate investing. We build the entire business. We find the realtors, the property managers, inspectors, plumbers, roofers, insurance agents, mortgage brokers, like literally everybody before yeah. we buy the property. And then every property that we buy, we then put that into our business. And that is our inventory in our business. Now, I'll, last thing I'll say, I'll share is that, if you did it the way the other people tell you how to do it, you know, you find a property, run the numbers, buy it, blah, 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 blah. Do it the backwards way. You don't do it that. But if you did it that way, you bought a house, you got it fixed up, spent a lot of money fixing it up, and then you may find a tenant in there, but then you go to find somebody to manage the property. 
remember, this could be some, we invest all over the country, not just next door to us in our, in our city. We love investing all over the country. If you live on the coast, you can invest other places that aren't so expensive. Long story short, what they're gonna, what's gonna happen is you might buy a property in a very bad location that you cannot find a property manager. You can't find anybody to manage the property. Now you have a quote unquote asset that's actually losing you money because number one, you probably can't find a tenant. Number two, you can't any, get anybody to manage the property. Then you're gonna try to do it yourself because you can't find a manager. And then you're going to get so fed up because you're doing it wrong. I buy so many properties of people who do this the wrong way. And they're like, Dustin, just take the property. I'm so tired of tenants. I'm like, thank you. That's great. I'll take it and put it in my business. So you don't want to do it the wrong way. Do it the right way where you build the business first. And then every property you buy is a piece of inventory that you put into the business. So here's my question for you, because I think one of the biggest obstacles that anyone who's thinking about investing in real estate or is investing in real estate runs into is capital, because obviously it's a very capital intensive business. Um, so I want to know how you, after you got laid off from your first job, you said that you had one or two rental properties where I know that you still got another job, but the capital coming from solely that job doesn't seem like it'd be scalable to get to 20, 30 plus units in a short period of time, which I know I'm pretty sure this was across like an eight year period or something like that. Like I think I read years. that in your book, something like, something like six that. Six or seven years. Yeah. But I mean, even if you're running at like 70 K, I mean, that's only like 400,000 ish dollars across that year, even, and that's, that's gross income. That's not net. So where did the money come from to invest in all of these rental properties? Where did you get your capital? How did you get your capital? The beautiful thing about investing in real estate, among many, many different things, there are, you know what, before I get there, I'll, before I get to the beautiful thing about being able to recycle money, that's that's the key term, recycle money. I bought the first house with cash and with our own cash and then refinanced it, pull the cash out. But let me give you the six different ways that you make money investing in real estate. So number one is passive income. We've already talked about that. It's really simple. Add up your expenses mortgage, taxes, insurance, all that sort of stuff. And then you figure out how much you could rent it for by calling your property manager. Hey, how much can I rent this property for? Oh, you could probably get it for 1300 bucks. And then that's your income. As long as your income is greater by $250 or more, you're going to be making money in passive income. So that's what I talk about. If you're going to be making passive income, your rents are exceeding your expenses. So that's the first way. The second way is equity capture. So when I buy the property, I don't pay market value. Like I'm not a homeowner that says, oh, I got to overpay and overbid everybody else. I don't do that. What I do is I buy the property for cheaper than it's worth and capture that equity. Equity is, let's say it's worth $100,000, but you buy it for $80,000. That's $20,000 in value above and beyond what you owe or what you bought it for. So that equity right. is another way. Another way that you make money is forced depreciation. So we buy a house that needs work, you know, painting, carpets, new landscaping, all that sort of stuff. And we fix it up. We spend maybe five, $10,000, but we make the value go up to 20, $25,000 or more because of all the work we put in to make it worth more. And another way is forced depreciation. That's where the value goes up because we work on the property. We put in, let's say five or $10,000 and make it worth more because of the work we put right. into it makes the property worth more. That's making the value of the property going up. Market appreciation is another one. Another one that I love is tax benefits. Now, you're, as your younger audience, you might not get this because you don't pay that much in taxes. But as you get older, you're going to love the tax benefits. Depreciation alone. Like you buy one house and the entire purchase price of the house 
you depreciate that over 27 and a half years, I think. Basically, right. long story short, it reduces the amount of taxes you pay. It's amazing, like literally amazing. I pay very little taxes because I have so much depreciation. That's just the way that they made the books. Now, this last way is one of my favorites. So if you think about all the expenses, taxes, insurance, and all that sort of stuff, I literally don't pay my taxes on my properties. Right. I don't pay my insurance. I don't pay my mortgage broker or the, my mortgages. I don't pay my property manager. I don't even pay for repairs. My tenants pay for every bit of those expenses because I account for that before I buy the property. Now, right. the, this last one is called mortgage buy down. Let's say I buy a house that costs me, let's quickly, easily say $100,000, and I buy a house with an FHA loan. It's 3.5% down for an FHA loan. I live in the house for a year because that's a requirement, but then I move out and I rent it out. That's only $96,500 that I owe, not only, but that's, I still owe $96,500 from that one property because right. I lived in there for a year, moved out, and I still owe that and all the interest. Now I put a tenant in there. They're literally paying the rest of that $96,500 because they're paying me rent that goes to pay the mortgage. And on top of that, it actually pays for the interest as well. So it pays off the principal, $96,500, and pays every bit of that interest taxes, insurance. So those are the six ways that I make money when I buy just one rental property, let alone the 30 plus properties that I have now. Now, if right. we go back to, remember, we we're talking about, wait, what was the original thing? I jumped into the six ways we make money. What was the original question? I, I wanted to know how you, how, where you got the capital to build a 30 plus yes. house portfolio. If you remember the statement that I made was recycling your money. Yes. Now, if you go to a, if you go buy stocks, if you want to say, I want to go invest in stocks, if you go to a bank and say, hey, bank, can I borrow $100,000 to buy stocks? They're going to laugh at you. And if you go, and there, there's a nuanced way to do it, but if you go to an insurance company and say, insurance company, I want you to insure my stocks that I bought, they're going to laugh at you. It doesn't work that way. Now, homes or real estate, it absolutely does. So what I did was I took all the money that my wife and I had, it was like $17,000, not very much. We use that to buy our first property. Then from that first property, I recycle that money. Remember, we get equity capture. We get forced depreciation where the value is more. The price of the home or the value of the home went up. I refinanced. I took that money out of the property and get this. It's a tax-free loan. When you refinance, it's a loan. You're going to pay it back. In fact, not you. Your tenants will pay that back, but you pull that money back out. Then you buy the next property. Then you, this is literally how I started, bought that first house with $17,000 of our own money. Now I know $17,000 is a lot, but you can work hard to get that much money. Oh, In yeah. fact, I don't take students on, I coach people how to do this. If they have $10,000, if they have less than $10,000, I don't bring them on as a student. It's just too hard. Once you have over $10,000 of your own money to invest, it's so much easier. Now, what I did is I took that $17,000, bought that first house, refinanced it, pulled that cash back out to buy another house, refinanced that one, pulled that cash back out, bought two more houses. And I kept doing that over and over and over again. It wasn't that I needed to save up, you know, like $2 million or however my portfolio is now $3 million, whatever it is. I didn't need to save up that money to buy these properties. I took that $17,000 and rolled it over and over and over and over again. Now I did obviously take my profits, which is smart. You, if you're making passive income at $250 a month, save that money to buy the next property. Cause I realized every penny that went to something else than a re rental property is one penny less that is going to go buy the next house that will help me to quit my job and be successfully unemployed sooner. That was my entire goal. So I said, okay, self, when I was like, I think it was at 27. And I even have some students that are like, 
18, 17, 18. I, have a, I had a 17-year-old student about a couple months ago helping him to invest. If you start sooner, you're going to be able to quit even sooner than I did. So I was 27 when I first started investing. By the time I was 37, I was blessed to be able to quit because I kept rolling all that money into the next property, rolling all that money into the next property, kind of like a snowball. You're standing on top mm-hmm. of a mountain, snow everywhere, make a tiny little small snowball in your hands, then you roll it down the hill. Now, it'll start picking up speed, but it'll grab more. It'll go slow at first, but then as it gets more, it gets heavier. The weight gets bigger. It grabs more snow and gets faster and faster. And eventually, it's zooming down the mountain. Same thing with passive income. Now, I have so much passive income coming in. I couldn't stop it if I wanted to. Now, I wouldn't ever stop it. My wife would get upset. But it's just literally coming in without working. Now, some people may have read the book or heard of the book called The 4-Hour Workweek. That's a good book. Don't get me wrong. I think working four hours a week is for suckers. I don't work four hours a week. I only work four hours a month. So not, I don't work 30 minutes a week. I, don't, I barely maybe work 30 minutes a month because I've built the business. I have all my property managers working for me. All I do is I get my statements and I say, oh, everything looks good. Put it away and go back to you know going to the gym or do, you know, I actually play video games. I love playing video games too. I actually play lots of Call of Duty. I do that stuff because and you know, get on great podcasts like yours because I have so much extra free time because I don't work. Right. And that is amazing. Genuinely, genuinely amazing. So rolling all that money forward through your properties, you start with 17K. And then so and I obviously have not done this before, so I'm a little hazy on the details. Forgive me. Um, but I believe how that works is simply because you had you had, like you said, equity capture. Essentially, what you did was when you refinanced, you just pulled out the value of all the money that you had in the property plus any extra, right? And so you took sure. a loan for the house for the actual value of the house, right? Um, and then they gave you that money back. So you had the loan was, I don't know, whatever it was, $100,000. So when you refinanced, essentially, they gave you $100,000 to work with, right? Am I am I so, kind of right or kind of wrong? You're 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 really really close. You still okay. let's say there's still a mortgage on a property. So if you let's say the value is hundred thousand dollars, but you owe let's say sixty thousand dollars, you still have to pay off that mortgage because you're getting a brand new mortgage. So you have to that little bit of that money go or a good amount of that money goes to pay off the first mortgage, and then whatever the balance oh. is, the difference is, that's what you put in your pocket. Ah, uh, okay. So you pay off the original mortgage with the refinance money. And then whatever refinance money you have left is the money that you keep to roll forward. Absolutely. And I've done okay. this. I, I can't even count how many times I've done this. It works so, so well. It's absolutely amazing. It really is. Because don't get me wrong. It, uh, 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 correct me if I'm wrong. As long as you buy under market value, right? That means that in almost every single scenario, you're going to come out with more money than you started to roll into the next house. Absolutely. And I even have, so I'll give you one example one of my students, um, he started investing with me in December of 2019. And mm-hmm. in 18 months, 20, remember 2020's coronavirus and all that sort of stuff, people were worried and people you know, might have not have been investing. Prices started going up. Anyways, December of 2019, he started working with me. In 18 months, he's bought 11 duplexes, duplexes basically 22 units. In 18 months, he's making over $7,000 a month in passive income. But this very first property was literally a grand slam. You think of like home run, a home run versus singles and, you know, and baseball. This was yeah. a grand slam. So he bought this house for $50,000 of his own cash. He had, that's, that's literally all of the money he had. Um, $50,000 cash. I think he's like 25 right now. So when I started working, he was maybe 23, 22. Um, but he had a good job. So he was saving money. He knew he wanted to invest. 
$50,000, bought that house. Then after six months, I think he refinanced it, pulled all the cash out, literally all of it other than $2,000. So in this one house, he only has $2,000 of his own money in it. And he's making like $600 a month in passive income, maybe even seven or 800 from this one property. So, so he there's paid so back many ways. Yes, absolutely. So with all this, it's absolutely amazing that he got all his money back and then he put it into his new property. Then he did that all over again. As long as we're accounting for every bit of our expenses, meaning if we're going to get a loan, I'll give you an example. Let me be a little more specific. Let's say you own your own house, which I've done this too. My own personal residence, I took a loan out. I had equity in my own personal residence. I took a loan out and then used that money to buy another property. The reason why I could do that is because the property I could buy that would pay off the increase in mortgage for my personal residence and then mm -hmm. make money on top of that. And then I, I, I think I've done that like at least three or four times. And each time I've pulled cash out of my own personal residence, let alone my rental properties, I bought like four or five, six properties from each time. So it just really, it, it's, you have to be creative. You have to be a problem solver and figure out, okay, here's a problem. I don't have money to get the property. Well, what should I do? There could be wow. private money, like friends and family members. It could be seller financing. It could be a signature loan. It could be you know, um, uh, getting a business loan. It could be, there's so many different ways to do this. And what I love to do with my students is literally give them all the options because you met, you brought up a word, risk. And a yes. lot of, everybody has different risk tolerances. So what I love to do with my students is give them all the different out, uh, options and outcomes of each option so that they can figure out what's best for them and their family and whatever their risk tolerance is. So there are so many ways to do this business, but unless you know them, you're only going to think, and most people think this is, this is the only way to invest in real estate. You find a, a realtor and a mortgage broker and you put them together and you buy a house. That's just one of right. literally hundreds of ways. Like I bought properties off of wholesalers. I bought properties off of other investors. I bought properties off of uh, uh, private sellers. I've got financing. I've even used, and this is an advanced strategy, I can use a credit card to buy houses. Now, like I said, it's advanced strategy. I still made tons of money, even though I used a credit card, but there are so many ways to do this business. Absolutely amazing. So I do know that we're getting kind of towards the end of our time here. So I one little curiosity thing that struck me is now that you have so much free time, Dustin, what do you, what do, you do with most of your free time? <laughs> so I, whenever I tell anybody that I'm, either successfully unemployed or I retired. I, I don't really necessarily like the word retired. I just love working mm -hmm. for myself. So I like successfully unemployed, but people always ask me like, what do you normally do? Well, definitely I go to the gym. I go to the gym five days a week. I love doing Olympic lifting. It's like, you know, CrossFit style workout. So I love doing that because it just makes me feel you know, better. But with my time, I realize I'm a builder. I'm entrepreneurial. I need to keep doing things. But at the same time, I realize that I could actually start helping other people. So I created Master Passive Income, which is my brand, podcast, YouTube, all that sort of stuff. And the reason why I started that was because as I was quitting my job, coworkers, friends, family members were literally all asking me, well, Dustin, how are you quitting your job? I said, well, I have real estate. The second question is always comes right after that. Can you show me how to do that? And so I started teaching friends and family members just one-on-one. -on -one, and then I realized mm -hmm. this is hard. This, it takes a lot of time doing one-on-one. -on -one. There's probably a better way. So I then fast forward, wrote a book, got my, my website, have all a bunch of articles on there, YouTube channel. I've literally put out YouTube uh, uh, videos every single, uh, like two times a week, three times a week at my podcast, but it's literally just teaching how to do this. Like on my, on Master Passive Income, my podcast, 
I literally don't interview people. Maybe rarely. Once in a while, I'll interview people. The rest of the time, it's literally just me teaching how to do this stuff. I just want to give this away for free because I realize the more people that I help, the more other people's lives get better. And I don't necessarily need the money. I got so much other things that I don't really need to worry about. But at the same time, I'm like, I can help so many more people. So when you think about like what's going on in my time, I'm thinking of things that I can, two things, serve more people and then bless my children. If you remember the very first thing, one of the first things I said, you cannot give your job to your kids. They have to be, they have to apply. They have to go through, make sure they get hired and all that sort of stuff. My rental properties, like if, if you guys can watch this, I have my kids in the background. I have four kids now. I can literally and will literally give these properties to my kids and I'll teach them how to do this. But on top of that, I'm thinking, what other businesses can I create that I can also, that's passive income, give to my kids. Here's a fast forward now, mm -hmm. master passive income. I could literally give this to my kids. I have a podcast called Successfully Unemployed where I interview great people that I could give that business to my kids. I'm even creating a real estate investor conference. It's called the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. I'm for short, I'm calling it RubeCon. RubeCon.com is the, the site for my conference that I'm building a whole separate business that is going to be separate from master passive income, my real estate investing, all that sort of stuff. That's going to be serving more people because I found the more people that I serve, the better my life gets and the better everybody else's life gets. So that's really what I do with my time is figuring out how I can serve more people and bless my family. Amazing. Genuinely, genuinely amazing. I, there is this, oh gosh, I'm going to horribly misquote this, but someone said something that I heard that was basically like anyone who's capable of quitting their job will just create another job for themselves at some point because people who have the ambition to go out there and create enough passive income for themselves to be able to not work are not the kind of people who are just going to sit on their couch and play video games all day. You know, those are the kind of people that are going to go out and try and build even more. And it's not necessarily a job, it's a business that they can build and create. People like that are builders and creators. Like you said, you're building an entire wealth conference. You're building, you built your podcast, built a YouTube channel, built mastering passive income. Like, you could have technically sat on your couch and played video games for the rest of your life, but you're not the kind of person to do that. You I never were. do that. No, no neither could you're a hundred percent right. And when you think about, I'm not necessarily creating another job. Now, if I give you an example of creating yourself a job, you would basically like, if you're a landscape person, like you go and mow lawns, that's another job. you own your job, which is fine. It's better than working for somebody else. Or if you're a carpet cleaner, you know, you go around the carpet cleaning machine and you own your job, which is fine. What the, the types of businesses that I create now are either passive income businesses and something that your audience, I, I, if I can import any, impart anything, it's create passive income businesses or create businesses that you can hire employees. I'll give you an example. Rental properties, easy. Passive income, I don't do a thing. Master passive income, I have my books, I have my podcast, YouTube channel, courses and all that sort of stuff, teaching people how to do that. But most of it is literally passive income because like a course, it's online. They can go through the course I've done that work one time and they get benefited from that. Also yeah. on top of that, I'm going to start businesses that I can hire people from the very beginning, just like my real estate business, hiring the property managers, realtors, insurance brokers, all that sort of stuff. With my real estate wealth builders, I'm blessed to have enough money coming in from my other businesses that in creating the real estate wealth builders conference, I'm literally hiring people. Like I usually do my own website graphic design. I usually do all that stuff because I'm used to it, but I realize my time is worth so much more if I didn't do that, like if I built more businesses, it's so much more than like I'm paying somebody really great job at creating a logo for the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference, as well as a website. I think I'm paying a total of like $2,000 for everything. 
but it's so great that I'm hiring him, blessing him with, the, with his business. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm saving my time to get on interviews like this. So I'm not doing that. On top of that, hiring a uh, event manager, hiring people that's going to do all the affiliates, like all that sort of stuff. Now I'm thinking passive income and who can I hire to create this next business? I'll give you one more quick one, a business that I created. So it's in the process. It's I love exercising, like I told you. So I'm mm. going to create a business that's about real, real estate and exercising. So I'm going to have three businesses in one. Well, not necessarily. There's going to be totally three separate businesses, but yeah. all correlated around the same one. Number one, I'm going to buy real estate that I could then own that real estate with one company. Then inside that real estate, it's commercial property, I'm going to build a gym. So I have the nuts and bolts of it. I just haven't actually found the right property yet. I'm going to build a gym and that gym will lease from my other company, my real estate company. And that gym will be making money and then paying the for the uh, uh, renting of the leasing of the property. Then I'm going to have programming. So if anybody wants to come to the gym, I'll have the programming so they can go through and pay extra money for that programming. So I'll have three entirely separate businesses. So if I want to sell one or all of them, I can have different businesses to sell. And here's, but though, if you remember, I'm a real estate investor. So even if I sell all the other businesses, I'm holding on to the real estate. That's, that's the ultimate right. goal is having real estate. If you remember, um, there's a, so Ray Kroc, sorry, Ray Kroc, he is the quote unquote founder or like the main guy that started McDonald's and went, took McDonald's to where it is now. He asked a bunch of college students one day at a seminar that he was putting on that he was brought into. He said, what business do you think I am in? And they were like, easy, the hamburger business, like food, restaurants. He's like, no, yeah. I'm in the real estate business. If you mm -hmm. think about McDonald's is one of the largest holders of real estate. It just so happens they also make money from the franchises and selling of hamburgers and stuff like that. But what they do is they provide a business for an owner to own and then pay them rent, lease payment mm -hmm. for that McDonald's. If that business doesn't work out, they'll get somebody else and put him in there. I love buying and owning real estate. I'll literally hold on to it and give it to my kids. I genuinely, genuinely amazing. Well, Dustin, uh, thank you. This has been a really, really, really awesome interview. Genuinely, thank you so much for coming here on the podcast. Absolutely. It's been awesome. Is, is there anything else that you want to say to our audience? Any way that they can get in contact with you, interact with you more? Any final gems to drop before we finish out the show? Yeah, I appreciate that. So definitely, I absolutely just, I love helping everybody, especially like younger, like college students. I'm 42 years old now, so I'm definitely older. But at the same time, I have so many students that are younger. I wish I would have started at 17. So for your entire, for everybody listening, um, I want to give you my real estate investing course, like absolutely for free. You can get started with it. It'll help you get down the path, show you how to build the business, how to find the right area to invest, find the right property, scale the business, all that sort of stuff. If you text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. Rental to 33777. And I'll give that to you literally for free. Get started using that. Also, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. All one word, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. I'll literally just give it to you. But then I have my YouTube channel. Just look up Master Passive Income or Dustin Heiner podcast, books. Like everything is literally, I'm just trying to give this as much away because like I said, I realize the more people that I help, the better my life gets. And the more people, like, it's so amazing, Chase, that when I have a student that buys their first property, it feels like I'm buying my first property all over again. I'm so pumped and blessed to be a part of their journey. I have so many students now that have literally quit their job because they've done this. They've, they've, they've followed along. And I, when my coaching, literally speed up the time for them. Like, for me, it took me like seven or eight years. 
But if I had somebody like me literally showing me how to do this, it should have been like right. three or four years just because I had to figure everything on my own. So long, everything added up. I love, I love sharing with this. So I just want everybody to really learn that, man, college is, and I'm going to say this, it's going to sound kind of stinging. It's for suckers. Like you're just going to be throwing thousands and thousands of dollars away. If you have the idea of working for yourself, being successful on a point. Now, if you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to be an accountant, like, oh, that's completely understand. But if you're just going to be just like me, who wants to take care of his family, wants to do whatever he wants, whatever he wants, there's so many better ways than going to college. 110%. And so just so the podcast listeners know, we actually have made an entire episode about our thoughts in college over here at TFF. And we pretty much concurred. We said that for most people, College is going to be great for you, but if you're the kind of person like like you, Dustin, like me, who is going to go out and try and build passive businesses, who are able to go out and attain the skills they want, then you might want to consider. So yeah, you guys can go listen to that whole podcast episode if you want, but Dustin, thank you so much for coming here on the podcast. Really awesome. Listeners, uh, everything that he, just, that he just said, all of those connection ideas, his website, YouTube channel, the text the, the text message everything we're going to put that in the description so that you can just scroll right on down and connect dustin in any way shape or form so dustin thank you so much for coming on the podcast today man really really awesome thanks chase i'm i'm so happy to be here i just i i, I love i love what you're doing too and you being 17 years old now having your podcast everything you had my goodness i, I i'm i'm looking forward to watching you succeed in doing this, it's going to be fantastic. In my opinion, like let's say two or three years from now, I'm like, man, I got to be with Chase you know, when he was 17. Look at what he's doing now. So yes. I'm excited to see what you're going to be doing. Heck yes, man. Well, thank you so much. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, man. Thanks, brother. You too. Thank you for listening to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. We would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, leave a review, and share this with someone who needs it.